0: After releasing daily episodes since the uprising began on October 17, Ellie and I are taking a small break. This is Ellie's last episode before the end of the year. Episode 100 will be released between Christmas and New Year's, marking a special occasion. And I don't want to say more than that from now. But to enjoy that episode, you'll need to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Beirut Banyan. It's a special episode with audio and video combined. So subscribe to the channel. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast from your preferred platform. And please review us. We welcome all reviews, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any platform. You can rank us, review us, leave us commentary. We'd appreciate it. And if you've enjoyed what we've done since the uprising began or since this podcast started back in July please donate via PayPal or Patreon. The links are in the details box below. Any contribution is appreciated. We've worked really hard to capture moments as they pass and make sure there's an audio record to look back on and reflect once this momentous occasion in our history has passed. And now to part 34 of Voices from the Square. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Beirut. I'm Rani Shatar, and this is the Beirut Banyan.
1: Elia for the Beirut Banyan. This is the last episode I'm releasing before we go on a holiday break. To my friends, this would mean I won't always have my backpack with me. And to you and me, it's a chance to digest and look back in a couple of weeks if a new government will be formed. In this last episode, Remzi and I look back at his take on week three. We sat down prior to a discussion held by Dan Aziz, and I'd like to think I caught him in a still positive mood. Here's us listening back and commenting as we go. Based on what you said, you've been active for a while. Do you think this set of demonstrations is unique in any way?
2: First of all, it's unique because nobody decided that this is going to happen and nobody expected this to happen. It just grew out of its own and got bigger and bigger, so this is unique. It's unique because of the size of the demonstrations and the numbers of people who have participated. It's also unique because you cannot categorize it. There are people from all sorts of life, Uh, young and old and families and kids and uh, music and art and uh, everybody's down especially in the last few days the student movements got very active and uh, made us all very happy Uh, well this has changed now there's no longer uh, as many people uh, participating and uh, art and music and other uh, scenes have almost completely gone i think uh, a lot of people i think a lot of people have uh, uh, either gotten tired or uh, decided that they can't keep up the pace and also there has been a lot of uh, m- much more uh, violence around the demonstrations that have affected people's participation
1: Based on what you just mentioned, I remember from an answer that you eventually give in the um, interview, in the original one, that you were shocked by the destruction. Back then, when we did the interview, it was only three weeks in. Now we're almost nine weeks in. Back then, it was a few days after the first wave of tent destruction in uh, Mortar Square. It was the first time after, I guess, the prime minister designation. Are you still surprised by the destruction that continues to happen, especially after this weekend?
2: Maybe we got used to it. I'm not as surprised anymore, but I'm, I'm, I'm still disappointed and uh, annoyed at it. It just shows how much uh, we need to work on our uh, uh, concept of citizenship and concept of all being in this together as a country and unfortunately there are so many distractions from that politically, economically, sectarianly that it's very hard to, uh, to feel that we can achieve more cohesion or unity. I can understand all the violence but I don't accept it.
1: Okay, let me push you on what you just said. You said that we still need to work on the concept of all being in the same country. I need concrete examples from you. What do you think didn't work in the messaging of this revolution that the people, everyone was trying to target, didn't feel that this revolution was also for them? What do you think was the problem? What was the key that we're missing, or multiple keys?
2: I don't think there was enough uh, messaging from uh, the revolution side. Uh, Maybe there should have been more uh, messaging, but I think the main issue was the uh, counter-messages that were coming from the other side. You know, the sectarian, the fake news, the accusations. Uh, so it's it's not only uh, what the revolution should have done or the messaging, it's also the counter-messaging, I think, that is really uh, affecting uh, us, especially the sectarian rhetoric.
1: I'm with you on that. But is this anything new, the counter-messaging? Is this something that you didn't see coming? Oh, we, I know you saw that coming. I know I saw it coming. What's the concrete thing that could be done to enhance the messaging to convey to people that this is actually for everyone. It's not something, an illusion that we're trying to create. It is. What do you think in communication is not working at this stage?
2: First of all, there is no platform for communicating what the revolution is about. There is no leadership, there is no consensus among the parties that are revolting, so it is hard to uh, plan a communication strategy or a communication theme, and it's very hard to have the other side listen to you. So I think there's that aspect, but again, Also, there hasn't been any planning of any real communication uh, message. And nobody has uh, sat down and said, you know, for this phase, this is what we need to communicate and let's keep at it. Different sides and different parties are each communicating their own uh, thing. And it's mainly reactive communication and not proactive communication.
1: If you can think about two things... One, that you're happy it worked during these 60 days. Something that you're very satisfied about. And another thing that you're not, that you're disappointed by. What would those two things be?
2: Uh, I'm disappointed uh, that we haven't been able to reach as many people sitting in their homes and watching. People my age educated, smart, not very involved in politics, who complain all the time about the sectarian system and uh, the leaders who only care about how to divide the pie. We haven't really reached as many of them as we should have reached. I'm also disappointed that some of the entrenched Partisans are still as entrenched as they are in their uh, loyalty to their uh, party or leader or sect. What I would like to come next is a quick realization from the political class that they need to change the way they're thinking in response to uh, the people's demands. Uh, this hasn't happened yet. We've had 10 days or 11 days of resignation of the prime minister where there hasn't been any, any public display of trying to appoint a new prime minister. I know they're working behind the scenes, but that's not what we would expect. In the constitution in Lebanon tells them that they have to go and appoint a prime minister and then the prime minister has to appoint a government. This has not been done. Nobody has said why it hasn't been done. Nobody has said what's going on behind the scenes. And this is what me and a lot of others feel is unacceptable. The well, This was unacceptable 20, 30 days ago.
1: This was 10 days after designation. We're now weeks into resignation.
2: Yeah, 30 days ago maybe, uh, so it is even more true today than it was when I uh, had the interview uh, now it's more obvious that nothing has really changed much. Uh, There's still bickering about pieces of the pie, under what conditions will Hariri accept prime minister, and under what conditions will he accept somebody else to be prime minister. The bickering has uh, lasted over uh, 30 days, and nothing has changed. And in the past, we used to have six and seven and eight months of uh, uh, negotiations to form a government. Uh, Now it seems uh, that uh, it is business as usual and uh, it's going to take more and more time. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have this time, uh, but nothing has changed. And this has made a lot of the people who are protesting Uh, realize that they have to keep doing this because uh, otherwise uh, nothing will change. If the revolution uh, fails this time, uh, I think it will be a very sad uh, day in uh, the history of uh, Lebanon.
1: Does that give you any doubts about the actions that have been done on the squares so far? Maybe they need to change? Or you don't think it's really the place where the problem lies? Nothing needs to change on that side.
2: I really don't know if anything can be changed regardless of whether it should be changed or not. It's a very decentralized situation on the ground. So groups and individuals are doing their own thing. So how you can change... Uh, what's happening on the ground uh, is going to be very, very hard. Maybe at some point there will be some more coordination and planning, but I I doubt that that's going to happen. The situation on the ground will have to move day by day, and we have to wait and see what will happen. Up to now, there hasn't been any really major false steps until the different groups on the ground start talking to each other and start planning. I don't see any way of changing anything on the ground.
1: Talking about million people on the streets, what would you tell someone who's still hesitant about joining the protests?
2: Come just to, uh, to get a first-hand view so that you don't make your opinion based on what you hear on the news or what you hear other people telling you. Come down and see for yourself. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. If uh, you really want change in this country, you have to participate in making that change. Change is not going to come unless we do it ourselves. I would still say come and see for yourself Uh, but now I realize uh, that all the violence that has occurred, especially in the past few days, is going to be a huge uh, uh, obstacle for a lot of people. Uh, It is very hard for me to expect the masses to come down when there's been tear gas and. violence happening on a regular basis at least the past few days but I would still encourage people to come down and see for themselves because it really is totally different when you're seeing what is happening on the ground uh, as opposed to uh, listening or uh, watching it on the news. Uh, I hope they would remember that this was the beginning of a huge change in our country. And if that's not what they remember, or if that doesn't happen, uh, let them remember that uh, there were a million people trying to do something at a certain time in our history, and uh, that uh, this should uh, never go away, and there will be another opportunity if this opportunity does not achieve what we wanted to achieve. It's it's very hard for me to remember that there were a million people on the streets. It sounds, it seems like it was decades ago, but yes, it's important to remember that and it's important to continue to uh, try to change this country. I think it's still not too late. Even if we don't achieve uh, all the change we want, uh, we should at least try to get some change. And I think we've already changed the way people think. and and also uh, the way people are acting. But there's still hope. I think there's still hope. Maybe we will see another million people in downtown after a a bad attempt at forming a government uh, hopefully soon. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I hope that can happen.
1: Elia Haber signing off from Martyr's Square for the Beirut Banyan.